1: Hey everyone, Mark from Guitar Nerds here, letting you know what we talked about on this week's Patreon episode. This week we took a question from a listener about getting the lowdown on Fender and Marshall amps. What are the current ranges? What are the good bits? What do they release that's based on historic models? And just generally, what's the deal with these two great amp ranges? If you want to hear that, go to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where you can support the Guitar Nerds podcast from as little as $1 a month. patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Branton. Hi. Is that it? What? Okay, well, I thought you just get last the last few
2: weeks. has been a bit of a wacky. Oh uh, no, yeah. I think you've set the tone there. You sounded a little bit like luster. Yeah, yeah, you no, did. You did. I'm entry. not that at all. I'm really up for it. Well, you sound you sounded quite reserved. Is We've what I'm saying. We had some burritos. We did. And some, uh, <sighs>
3: We've ruined it already. And
2: yeah. we had. Do you, go, do,
3: you, do you know why I was I was being that? Because I've been listening to a lot of like really professional podcasts, and I thought, do you know what, what's something what? that really draws me in at the start of a podcast? People not like going off topic immediately oh what i'm and saying so is, i was trying to like i was trying to be professional at I'm, least for the first bit to bring in the audience
1: i'm not the one who called the co-host lackluster that's all i'm saying all right. uh, you know i was fully that prepared. was me yeah i was fully prepared to go yeah. you know, for a, a fully professional podcast and now i feel i have to explain that we've had burritos right so we did pub- a burritos. What, let's just just we, you, we can keep this bit but just start again no I wanna tell the people about the wonderful burritos and pumpkin pie that we had. Thanksgiving was this week, so it was. Nice bit of traditional pumpkin pie. And uh yeah, no, I feel I'm I'm up for it. Cool. I'm drinking a non alcoholic beer oh, as well. This is so
3: off topic now.
1: No, it's fine. It's no, good That's just... what, those people come to this. Otherwise they might as well just read the
2: news <laughs> on a on a website. Um they don't they don't come here for that. It's like. interesting that this is how you get into Things though, <laughs> I like how the way that <laughs> you're still the way that you're moving into <laughs> trying to make the podcast more professional is by listening to professional podcasts. Does anybody know any podcasts about people who've given up booze? Maybe you should push you in that direction.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: The- I, I have given up booze for this week. That's true. You're not drinking tonight. Thank just- you. I'm uh, oh yeah. I'm 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 having Thank a week. You. I'm I'm having <laughs> a you. week off. I'm having a week off. That's good. Um because I I drank an awful lot last week and I I, I decided that I needed to be more productive this week. I also managed to do a bottle of port in a night over the uh, weekend, which I thought was maybe a little
1: bit... I love how you're basically just morphing into an actual old person. You're drinking port and you're like getting confused by what podcasts are. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like the wireless. (laughs) Um, So uh, if we want to be more professional, uh, we could maybe do something like a little menu at the start of the show. How about that? Something like coming up this week on Guitar Nerds, we are talking about
2: lots of Gear of the Year stuff. We've got exciting I feel like there should be a background. There should be backing music. There needs to be backing music. Hang on. um... This is already the worst podcast I've ever been on. Don't do that. That's horrible. Okay uh <coughs> Come up this week on the Guitar Nerds Podcast, where we're going to be talking about some
1: brilliant new guitar <coughs> guitar gear of the year stuff uh, that we have received to uh, review for you, including the brand new, or oh, not brand new, start of the year, Sterling James <laughs> Valentine, plus the uh, Head Rush uh, amp modelling pedal, which is, have you given up already? Oh, I realised wow. that, I was
2: saying bum and it just broke <laughs> <me> <laughs> <up>. uh,
1: um, <laughs> <laughs> Plus we're going to be talking about the Head Rush amp modelling pedal, plus in the news this week we're talking about Gibson's Custom Shop Mick Ralph's 1958 Les Paul, um, also the brand-new Epiphone Joe Bonamassa 1958 Amos Karina Flying V, new pedals from Petty John Electronics, Keely Electronics, Seymour Duncan, Old Blood Noise Endeavors, and a whole lot more, including your questions, coming up now on the Guitar Nerds Podcast. How about that? Is that more professional that for you? That was great. That was great. I can do it when I want to, even yeah. though some bits of that were a little shaky. I reckon with a bit more practice, I could. Yeah. we could make this thing a reality. Yeah. Maybe we'll start this podcast properly one day. And who, knows? Uh, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? That's ju- the last time I make an
3: effort to start the podcast properly. Well,
1: I mean, you've literally never made any effort with anything in your life before. <laughs> so uh, now would be a good time to start. Talking about that, Joe Branton. yeah. How's your week been?
3: Yeah, it's been great. It's been a very positive week. Um, I was uh building, uh, I I decided to see if I could build all the boards that I have because I realized I've got loads of pedal trains. Like, there's a Nano, I've got two pedal train juniors, your Nano Plus, a Novo, not a Plus. No, I've Mm. got the ordinary Nano, but I've already built something on that. That's too small. I've got two juniors, a Novo 32, a Novo 24. Um, yeah. You've and, got more and pedal boards than most people have pedals, man. I know, I know, and um, and and so well, it's because my guitarist keeps changing, and he just he he doesn't know how to sell anything on they the just internet. Get a different so he just,
1: guitarist every time. Just gives things to me, but so I've got all of those, and I've got loads and loads of pedals. Wait, he doesn't know how to sell things on, to, on the internet, so he just gives them to you. Yes, it seems like he'd be out of pocket in that transaction. Yes. Okay. Good. I'm glad he doesn't but, listen. Yeah. Yeah um
3: yeah he wouldn't know what a podcast is but yeah so uh, i decided to try and like get all my pedals together and see how many boards i could build i did find that i didn't have enough power supplies that was the thing but this week at work i, I can't remember exactly how to pronounce it what was the tiny strymon power supply the ojai the uh, ojai yeah. yeah wow that's actually cracking.
1: Yeah. It's a lot um, of money. OJ. OJ. Yeah. It's a lot of money. Yeah. I, so I've been looking at building a new board, which is why I won't need a Nano Plus, because mm-hmm. I want to slim down all the I think the Nano stuff. Plus is a good idea. I, I built a, a Nano
3: on uh, over the weekend, and it's just not quite enough. Do you know yeah. not not quite enough to get all your essentials in.
1: So I want um the Boss tuner, right? The Dunlop. Oh, e- you could downsize on a Boss tuner though. No, I don't want to do that.
3: But go for go for one of the TC no, uh, the absolutely little not.
1: Why not? Cuz noir. No, TU2 all the way. Okay. Forever Fine. until it breaks Whatever. And I'll buy another Whatever. one. Whatever. Um so TU2. Uh-huh. Dunlop Echoplex preamp. Yep. A uh, Strymon Flint. Yep. A Strymon Deco, right? And I mean, you're running out of room, mate. And this is why
3: you you need to downsize that tuner
1: and a nano loop, a uh, uh, TC uh, Ditto Looper.
3: Okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. I put a TC Ditto Looper on mine. Although I went for the uh, I went for the Polytune Noir at the other end as my tuner, um, but then I like found myself I needed I needed an octave, a driver, a fuzz, a delay, a reverb, and a looper, and that's too many. That was too much stuff. So I had to ditch. I had to choose between an octave, a drive and a fuzz. So I put the orange fuzz, the, the fur coat, because it's got a second foot switch for an octave up on it. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Uh this is for guitar, not for bass. I was gonna say <laughs> Yeah, yeah, not for not for bass. Uh so I went for that. Um and I had the uh the T C shaker I managed to squeeze on there, the vibrato, just to make things a bit weirder. Yeah. The Xander um, tape deck. Tape deck, yeah. The Xander circuitry tape deck. And then the little ditto looper. But I just felt like I needed more room. Those pluses, I think they're the answer. Those nano pluses as a good size mini board. But coming back to that Strymon uh, OJ. OJ? OJ. Yeah, sure. OJ. They're great. They're like four, 500 milliamp inputs. So you could you can daisy chain off yeah, of yeah, yeah. each of those. Yeah. So it's a tiny, tiny footprint of a pedal supply. It's not even heavy weight. The only thing that did annoy me. Um, the it, power supply into it has like the transformer bit like separate on it, and I was like, oh, you kind of want that included. I kind of don't uh, want big bulky yeah, yeah, bits. Yeah, yeah. So it's on, out it's on the, the, the power cable rather yeah. than the- So it's not actually sort of ingenious design. It's just like moving some of it onto the power supply. Uh, that's but not the
1: worst thing in the world. Uh, true, Will it's it, not the end of the world. Does it fit underneath a nano board? Uh, well,
3: <sighs> I didn't try. I haven't okay. tried. But that's I, my question. I wouldn't have thought so, but you know the nano boards have that weird tray at the end they're sort of designed for power supplies to go on top rather than underneath. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I okay. think that's what they're for. There's some weird tray at the back. Okay. Anyway, that I'll I've have a look. never used. What would work on the underside of a Nano is a Volto. You could go for a Volto. Yeah, but what does that get you? It's yeah. not isolated out, so, the it's just Listeners if you don't we've spoken about the Volto before but if you don't or know is what it isolated it is, out. It's uh no, no, it's not. So there are, it's um the the Volto is pedal train's own uh, power supply, which is a lithium battery power supply, so it's so you, you can you can have your pedal board wirelessly, and it's got two inputs um, that they supply two, three pedal daisy chains for, so six six pedals yep. as long as they're within reasonable draw, which is great. But you know, I was using it at a band practice, and it ran out once. Just really annoying. Well, you could, it's not like I could plug it in and carry on using
1: uh-huh, it because it only powers you, USB.
2: Yeah, can you? Yeah, you okay. can. You can use it as a power supply
3: when it's plugged in. No, you've got to charge it a hundred percent because it didn't work. I had to take it off and
1: charge it separately. Sounds like I'm sure you can just use it as like a through for the mm. power. Mm. Um,
2: yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. okay. Mm. Maybe you Maybe, just had a broken uh, why one. Why didn't I? Why
1: Maybe didn't you just forgot to switch it on at the wall. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Who knows? But sounds anyway. likely.
3: Yeah, possible. But um, yeah. Anyway, where was I? Yeah, so I was trying to build other. <laughs> Other pedals, other pedal boards with all the pedals, but yeah. I think I've just ended up with like a massive pile of random things. It was good because I found loads of pedals that I forgot that I owned. Who does that? Well, me, evidently. I had like drawers and drawers of things, so I sort of emptied them all out onto my table and like found all this stuff. It was cool. I've, I've totally forgot that Polymath had a signature pedal did you oh yeah, yeah you did yeah, you're but right made yeah, both yeah. third eye third effects? eye effects yeah yeah, yeah exactly. honestly come on <laughs> I found like a broken one at the bottom of uh, <laughs> of, of uh, a box it was great um, yeah so that was cool what else happened this week.
1: Well, loads of stuff. We've got a ton of new stuff for uh, Gear of the Year delivered. So oh, yeah. So you got to try the Head Rush. I did. Which I have tried before. What
3: did you think? Because well, this, is this I think, is going to be the big clash of well, Gear of the let's Year.
1: Let's talk about Head Rush in a minute, because I want to talk about the Ernie Ball stuff that arrived first. Okay. Because there's a few bits, um, and in fact, on the table in front of us, not that you can see this if you're listening, is the Ernie Ball 40th Anniversary Volume Pedal. Um, now... At the end of the day it's a volume pedal um and but what I just want to say about it is whether it makes gear of the year or not, I don't know because how much space can we give? I mean, it will go into the accessories category, which we've said is kind of open this year. So there's you know there's potential for it to slot in there. Strong action, well, I like the action. That's what I wanted to talk about really, is because this is a it's a chunk. If you pick it up, that's like heavier than you know like a crybaby or something. Yeah, isn't it? And you when could you, kill a man with that. You definitely could. You definitely could. Um, and it seems kind of neat. Like I said, I don't know how much space there is for a volume pedaling gear of the year, but perhaps we'll see how no, they. I think volume pedals are cool. That like essential i use volume
3: pedals all the time do you no no because (laughs) because i there's there's volume controls on your guitar sure
1: but if you're doing like (laughs) volume swells and stuff there's definitely
3: a place for this there's definitely a place for it i use it all the time for the stuff at work when we have to do like weird sounds alike videos and i need to sound like a synth you need that swelling in thing and you know what's crucial with that like good volume pedals because so many uh, expression pedals don't have this sort of thing it's like really heavily weighted action. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be able to go too fast.
1: No, the uh, I don't really like, like, plastic volume pedals that are, like, kind of floppy. You know, when you get those cheap ones they are, like, 15 quid or something. Yeah. This is kind of the antithesis of that. This is, like, the heaviest thing that you could buy to do yeah. that job. Um, no, I'm into it. I think it's great. I think for people who want,
3: like, a, a good, like, a decent high-quality volume pedal, it's cool.
1: Yeah, nice. Um. So I that- don't know,
3: quite know why it's the sort of thing that needs, a f- a, like, an anniversary... Well, that, uh, that yeah, I
1: mean that is a question, isn't it? Do we need the 40th anniversary? 40th, 40, 40 years of being able to turn your volume from zero to full. It is quite neat. Yeah, it's got a shiny VP on the end, though. I think yeah. that's cool. Volume pedal. Um, also from Ernie Ball, uh, we got the brand new Sterling um, James, James Valentine, Valentine, which I was kind of blown away by. Jay, even you enjoyed
2: it. Uh, I really did. I think it's. I think it's. I absolutely fantastic guitar i really, don't understand really they did the
3: same thing with the st vincent i don't understand why the quality is so close like between the t- considering the price difference yeah i appreciate parts is a, another kettle of fish but like the quality of the Sterling St. vincent to the music Man St. vincent is is it's very high and the yeah. same with the valentine
2: like it really annoys me that matt is literally always right <laughs> <And> i know <laughs> yeah. like always correct he were, bought, were he- you not sure about the guitar well, it's not so much that I wasn't sure about it. It's just he's always right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he got the James... He bought his James Valentine, what, over a year ago? Uh, about a year ago, probably. And it's just... Oh, it's just such a good. The sterling is just fantastic for under a thousand pounds. And roasted maple neck. Yeah. W- like, why keep that feature? I know. Surely I that's know. the feature that you go. Ah, oh, well, it's
1: only a sterling. Completely. So no. for, the, for people who don't know, obviously this is the the cheaper uh, Indonesian yeah. made. In, yeah. Indonesian made. Um, is it Indonesian made? Yeah. Okay. Um, version of the. Um The. Jeune. The James Valentine uh, Music Man guitar, which Matt has got. So what will be really interesting is that be them. Well, Matt's going to come down for Gear of the Year. Obviously, we're going to record that um, when he's back. Uh, um, And if he brings his down, we will still have the Sterling version here. Pickups. Okay. Are they the same? Because the thing that I would have
3: like you'd have thought they cut corners on again on the Sterling. Uh, on the on the Sterling St. Vincent would be those mini humbuckers, but they didn't. They're the same mini humbuckers, right? Exactly. Are they the exactly same? the same? Well, I don't know if they're the same make, but like mini humbuckers
1: but aren't they're exactly still mini humbuckers.
3: But, but no, but mini humbuckers aren't exactly like a common thing. It's not. That's not an off-the-shelf thing.
1: Well, uh, yeah, they
3: are. Uh, you could buy a
1: cheap mini humbucker. It'd be interesting to I see so, if they maybe. are. But the Valentine now, those pickups are super weird. Oh yeah, because it's a single coil in a humbucker housing in the bridge. Yeah, and exactly. like eighteen volt uh active boost as well so yeah, there's exactly. got a lot of weird stuff going on in there yeah. um, i
2: don't think it's 18 volt is it and maybe it's not that, that would be nine. two yeah you're right yeah batteries. maybe it's nine
1: volt yeah sorry um so yeah that's really i was kind of blown away by the playability obviously you never know what this kind of far eastern versions of these kind of american signature guitars going to be like but it seems that music man are keeping the quality quite high yeah man
2: yeah i'm um I would uh, love to tell you what the pickups are but unfortunately the first guitar That's website cool. we'll that I've been out. to uh, hasn't got the um, specs listed oh, right. if only the the
1: uh, man in charge of their website was in the room right I now I am now and we not could... in
2: charge of product listings mm, <laughs> product you could listings. be listings. Um. also I don't know what's going on here but I've gone onto this this website and it, uh, this is the guy from Anderton's what's he doing yeah. on a GAC video yeah weird very weird that. Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, a few bits from Ernie Ball. And we just, you know, we like to keep you abreast of what's coming um, so that we can talk about it in, uh, you know, talk about it a little bit up front because we're not going to have time to go into, into depth probably for everything that we receive Mark, um, for the gear of the year.
3: Mark. What? Can we talk about the head rush? Yes, we can edX. talk about the head rush. Do you so, know what we should talk about before that? Go on. Poly expressive.
1: I don't know what that means. Okay. this All is. Right. It's, it's You're looking at both poly- of us as
2: if we're ex- we're supposed to know what this is. Okay, is this a new polymath record? No, okay. no, it's
3: so much more. Is it?
2: <laughs> have you just have you just allowed for the stems to be available <laughs> no, no. so that people can? Okay. Reproduce the oh, polymath I would record. love that. Can you actually do that? Yeah. Uh, pff, yeah mate, Nine just, Inch Nails did it, I think, didn't they? That would be so good. And
1: then I can just remix all your stuff in like a Gees. sort of like 4-4, put a Nicki Minaj rap, be rap be able to count. over the top. You wouldn't be able to count. I'd stuff. take the only bit that was in 4-4 and I'd loop it for three minutes <laughs> and then I'd put a Nicki Minaj rap in the middle eight at the end <laughs> um, and I'd sing over the right. top of it. Anyway. Never need to buy another gigging, gigging bass, bass again.
3: again. Ooh, speaking of which. Oh, I'm probably not going to gig with it. Using a different bass for like some video stuff is not a gig like if i had to do some video performances that's a gig it's it's not a gig he's broken
2: your vowel nah. i tell you what f- he's gone from 10 to 0 isn't he with regards what? to trying this trying to be a professional uh performance here what why oh cuz you just scatter all over the place cuz we to tell you oh, so so the about there's
3: so much cool tell stuff tell us about this the polyexpresser okay. Okay. i prefer okay. when you're
2: hung over okay
3: so the p- this is the new me this is me sober for only, it's only for a week. Next week I'll be back. Um, so the poly expressive. Um, I said this when I put it up on the group. I put it up with a statement saying few things ever um, have been released. Oh, I did in the, see <laughs> this. Yes, you know what it I is did see this. Few things have ever been released that have made me stop, step back, and go, hold on. That's where. Oh yeah, I, I, I did swear in the thing. Yeah, saying. What the hell are you doing? And this is one of those products. The PolyExpressive is a touchscreen MIDI controller. I did see you put this up. It looks like a giant iPad that you put on the floor. Now, the best thing is... Now, this is a Kickstarter project at the moment that's raised £2,500 whilst we're recording this of its uh, £6,000 goal. Uh, £6,000 and £6,000 well, goal. Wait, 6000 or 60000 uh, 6000 Okay. They only want 6000 to make it. Um, they've reached 2500 already with only seven backers, so that's fantastic. Um, but this wonderful sort of iPad on the floor, when you actually watch the video for it, it's it's slightly more interesting than that because... What what this giant iPad is is uh, a MIDI con. It's a giant MIDI controller. Yeah. And the way they've got it displayed in the in the video um, is there are several blocks, several squares, all bright colours, and each square says a different thing, like tone, gain, a fuzz, a drive, a boost. And the idea is that as this is a midi controller you can use this with the with the colors that are set up here that say a fuzz that would be a simple tap and you would be turning it on as you would any midi controller you'd be turning on and off uh, an effect but with tone and gain these controls can be expressive so by dragging your foot these squares are slightly bigger on this uh, on on the um on the poly expressive so you would drag your foot across um sort of an x y axis to uh uh, to to boost or you know lessen your gain, and you can you can assign it to literally anything. You can assign it to anything you can think of, because of course the only other thing you will need to use this is an A three printer, because what you're actually doing is sticking a piece of paper. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it, is. it no, is. I just got to that bit. So it's, it's not a touchscreen. So it is a touchscreen, but the touchscreen you would designate. On the software, you would designate. Uh, so it's made up of lots of tiny little
1: controllers. So it's, so it's not a screen as such?
3: No. No, it's, right.
1: it's. It's a square of small blocks. Is it a Dance, these, Dance Revolution controller pad? No. no. <laughs> okay. these, I mean, it's, yeah. like,
3: it's not far off. Yeah. So it's, it's made up of tiny blocks. The tiny blocks can represent noughts or ones the same way a, a MIDI controller yeah. can. Um, and what you're doing is assigning portions of those to different things. But of course, because it's just a plain. It's just blocks, and they haven't included any LED functionality to that or any colour coding. What you do is simply print out on your A3 printer. <laughs> I mean, I've got one at home. It's, it, it's sectioned off into the appropriate areas that that you need, and then you just slide it in on the in, underneath the handy sort of whatever you know polythene. Yeah, wallet screen. It's a, it's a
1: book it. bag, basically. A,
3: yeah, exactly. But that—that's it. That's it. It's going to be three hundred and fifty euros. Um, and you can you can buy two and chain them together if you need if
1: if you need to. But it's so it is like, like Dance Dance, dance Revolution. Okay. You get one for your mate and then one for you, and you have a little dance it's off just, next to it's, each other. It's
3: a solution to a problem that not only exists, but I'm pretty sure this makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: oh it's 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 crazy when you said that's why i asked about the sixty thousand, because yeah. when i saw the picture of it i assumed it was like a giant a massive iPad, ipad like yeah, a yeah. rugged touch screen yeah that was doing you know stuff and then you move your foot on it and because oh, i was thinking okay so do you need to get like you know like conducive socks like special you know <laughs> like you get those gloves where you can still use your phone are you gonna have to get
2: socks like that? But no, it's just like a no. But you do apparently need Mick Dundee snakeskin boots. I, I would strongly
3: yeah. recommend watching the video for this because there are some incredible shoes in yeah. uh, in in the video. Uh,
1: <laughs> from uh, from one pedal board to another, shall we finally talk about the head rush Yes. So Headrush, for those not in the know, is basically doing a similar thing to the Line Six Helix. Which similar well, a very similar thing to the line six helix in that it's a kind of floor uh, mounted effects that focuses mainly on amp modeling but also has effects built in similar to things like we've seen, like you know, the pod HDs and things like that. You know, floor mounted modeling. Difference with the headrush is it's got a very, very good. Uh, very clear and big touchscreen built in um much and, like the poly expressive indeed in, in, not quite uh, in that this is actually a screen <laughs> it 's not just a clear bin bag with some paper in it um, and uh it 's also the other thing to note about it is and i 'm sure we talked about it this before um we talked about it when we did the London international guitar show podcast basically um it 's the team uh, it, it's very convoluted how this kind of group came together, but if you just think it's kind of the team from Akai and Eleven, he- rack. hence the name uh, Headrush, who are yeah now basically uh, own either own or own the rights to use the software from the Eleven Rack, which was an amp model I think released in two thousand and ten, something like that, and uh, obviously got iterated on. Used to be owned by Avid, who made Pro Tools. Not sure exactly how that relationship works and now, whether it's still owned by Avid and licensed by Akai or the team behind Akai um, or whether it is um, that, you know, they're, they're fully owned by by them. Um, so a few interesting things to know. I We got this end of last week and I spent most of the weekend, most of Saturday morning playing with it. Um, my thoughts on it so far are I absolutely love the clean sounds. Clean sounds really, really nice. Um, there's in particular there's a Vox model in there that is really good uh, it's like um, it's an AC30 basically and it's kind of on that kind of break up um, obviously you can switch the cabs around there's a whole range of amps, whole range of cabs whole range of effects, you can move everything around in the chain you can also split the chain so you can run stereo rigs you can uh, control, you've got external loops as well available and the thing that I like about it most is the touchscreen because to do all those things is so super simple. There's no uh menus or anything. You're not going into menu cha- uh, you know uh rig chain okay I want you know uh, what do you want for your first base? Like do you want it stereo or do you want it mono? You just literally You've got the touchscreen. You can see the whole rig laid out, and there's a button that switches between a mono and stereo rig. So it's
2: 2017, not 2007, which yeah, exactly, is, <clears> yeah, is <clears> where a lot of these things
1: have been. Well, oh, it's just notoriously hard to do for yeah. the price. You know, if you want to stick to that price point, basically you're including like a quite high def screen in there, um, and there's a touchscreen, and the ability to, and a you know computer to to run all that. You know, most companies kind of like scrimp on that. For you know, a much more simple to implement menu system, but the user experience isn't as good. So the sounds are great. The sounds are really good. I really like the clean sounds. The drive sounds. I always with these things. Uh, It's digital drive, isn't it? I've not heard anything that's really kind of impressed me drive-wise. There are some.
3: There are some subtle things on there that are that are good. Um, But yeah, as like all like full-on things, I think they they do like metal drives well. But like. Big, like wide open, valvey rock and roll drives yeah. are still and always will be like a problem on digital stuff. Yeah, but tough to do. Tough to do, but I, th- I think this has a fair crack at it—a really fair crack at it. Actually, uh, when um, I did a, a video of this uh, for Gak, and I built um, I built a series of tones that do different. So I built like uh, I built a tone for I, d- I did them pretty generically. Like I did like a blues rig. And like I did a metal rig, and I did like a like a, a post rock rig, and things like that. And I, I put them all up on the on the video, so you can download them on if you, if you have a, a head rush. So you can download those those rigs as, as as separate things. I think that's really cool that that they've introduced a way that you can that you can actually share. Yeah, and, uh, all the formats. What you mean, like? everyone else has
1: done it. yeah yeah I yeah, that. Yeah, I yeah. That. yeah it's but, not it's, it's not new it's, i know it's not new. but it is it's still what cool what is key about that is the touchscreen makes that much easier in terms of like saving rigs um and setting up what they call set lists so your set list is basically you can put your rigs into a playlist so if you're doing a covers band for example yeah. and you know right okay i've got my 30 songs that i'm going to play tonight patch one is the intro to the first song i've called it i don't know layla intro uh and then two is layla verse three is layla you chorus don't open with layla well okay fine you wouldn't open with layla save that till much later okay uh okay so patch one is called all star uh, intro okay uh, i mean i mean yeah. uh and then you know and so the and guitar it, sound is the same throughout that song well exactly that's fine that's all we need um so yeah that the whole fi- the, the patch management which yeah, is something that always is, is difficult works really really well. But
3: yeah what what I I really like um in in that patch management it's so broad you can you can assign the buttons to do kind of virtually anything. So yeah. um so for example if I wanted to I could have um I could have my back four buttons uh assign different <laughs> complete different rigs or different amps and then and like always have them as being Rigger sign, yeah. and then my front four could be like, I know I'm always going to be using this drive, this compressor, this, and like yeah. you can keep, you you can split, you with, can split the functionality cool. of the the pedals between. That's cool. That's
2: something that you definitely, and I, you definitely can do that on, for example, the the Boss GT100. I'm sure you can do yeah. it on that. It was either one or the other. You're either running with,
1: you could do a lot of manual mode stuff on GT100. Yeah,
2: but what Joe's suggesting there is that you can have you can s- split it and have manual mode and patch yeah, mode. Yeah, I mean that is how it works as standard basically.
1: Um with the head rush, you have got a mix of banking up and down. Oh,
3: but you, yeah, but you don't have to bank up and down if you if you don't want to, sort of
1: thing. No, 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 but that's what I'm saying is you get a mix of those it's right. the kind of best of two of both worlds. Right, yeah. Um and obviously moving stuff around in the signal chain is super easy cuz you literally just point your finger on the screen and drag it into the can you full cable method it (laughs) yes you could i believe so so the oh i didn't check i I believe you can what are you talking about you didn't check
3: oh sorry the the obvious criticism that this is going to be getting is that it's a touch screen on the floor
1: yeah yes i am in two minds Uh, for all the benefit of the touch screen whether it's practical to take that out, and you know, someone down the dog and duck spills a pint of fosters on it, yeah, will it stand up to that test? Yeah, that's something that, that's ob- for obvious reasons we're not going to find like, out before I mean, gear touch, of the year. Touchscreen,
3: touchscreens aren't new, you know, and it's they're not even new to be to being good, you know, they've been good for some time, but no one's putting them on pedals. Like, there's,
2: is it is it that different? That. Is it that different to having a proper like? Like just a normal screen. LED screen is it? Is it really that different uh, maybe. Yeah,
1: in terms of the technology yes it is quite different whether uh, just because of how the surface of a touch screen has to be but will it stand up to will either well, of them stand up to well that's kind of what I mean a yeah.
3: well, this, well this is it and they will and they will like if you are gigging it is going to get beer spilt on it yeah or yeah, sweat yeah, yeah. or blood like some something's going to be spilt on it It blood, during a blood, show sweat and beers and and will it work, like, will you be able to control anything past that point? Because I tell you what, on the Helix, I can still turn that rotary control when, you know, when it's covered in beer. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. I
2: guess, you know, th- there is that. But at the same time, if you spill, if you spill beer on, on any I sort mean, of modulation any I'm not talking about pedal. a pint, I'm
3: talking about some specs getting on it and you being unable to... Like move stuff properly the same way. I suppose. If, if, yeah, you know, but you're
2: not going to be doing that on the fly, uh, I are guess you? Not. I guess you not. Know? I guess not. The, I, the other I, I, thing I is, will it crack? I understand what you're saying there, but I don't think that's no, really a big no. issue. You, and you talking will. about whether whether it will crack, that's exactly the same as whether, for example, if we're comparing. You know, if we're comparing the two here, what you would, the question you'd be having about the, the Helix. Yeah. And it's not also not that different to if well, you Helix got, doesn't
1: have a touchscreen.
2: No, but it's got a screen.
1: No, but actually. it will impair functionality if it does get cracked. That is the difference. Is the sure, touch screen yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. fair enough. The screen fair has enough. to be perfect. Whereas if you damage the screen on something like a Helix or any other multi effect, you can probably still see it enough to work your way
2: around. At the same time, though, you know, my phone is a touchscreen and I have that in my back pocket. Huh. And I have had it in my back pocket for probably 14 hours a day for the last two years. And I've never cracked the screen. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's only the same technology, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And I, I realised that I'm not, it's not on the floor in front of me next to something that I'm going to be treading on. So you do have that added element of danger. But it's. I've spilt beer on my phone and it's been fine. Would I, you? Um, would you put your phone at the fr- on its own on the floor at the front of the
1: stage at a gig though? I
2: I, I appreciate what you're saying, but I don't think that it's. I I think that we're labouring the, labouring on this. Point definitely, definitely. Um,
1: personally, I think the risk is worth it. I think I love that touchscreen. It's the best bit of functionality about the head rush. I love the sounds. The clean sounds in particular are really nice. The Fender and the Vox stuff—they nail it. The drive sounds I'm not mm. convinced by, but...
3: Modulation's really good and really broad. I think the looping's great on it and really fun. The looper, and really
1: actually, easy the to looper use. is wicked because yeah, great. having a big screen on there, it basically... Oh, does it show you where you are in the you loop? It shows where you are in the loop. Cool. Uh, and also, you can do... Because there's so many buttons on the front, it will allow you to do um, half-speed or quarter-speed loops. And if you push it again, it's will. it it's got certain steps. where you, So you can go half-speed... And then you can go half speed again. Right. And you may be able to go another half speed again. Or you can do it in quarter steps. And you can do that uh, cutting the loop as well. So you can do half the loop or quarter the loop as well. Oh, want to bring
2: and bring other bits of the loop back in?
1: Not bring them back in, but actually just shorten the loop. Oh, okay. Um, so you could do, for example, if you're doing a 12-bar blues and you just want to hold on the E, you just like cut the loop down to the first four bars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you can play around with a ton of stuff like looping on the fly because you've got such a good visual representation it seems more convincing and it seems easier to use huh. than most loopers on the market. Yes, yeah. I thought it was really good. So I,
2: essentially what you're saying is it's not exactly the Helix copycat that we kind of expected um, when, when we saw the pictures of it. I don't know the looper on the Helix that well, I have uh, to admit.
3: The looper on the Helix is very good. It doesn't... It Like, again, it's having such a broad range of options on such a large unit, I think, just makes looping feel more easy. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I and, and to be honest, I think listeners you're getting like an insight into what a massive part of Gear of the Year is going to be. Well, it's going to be these around. two going head-to-head. It's going to gonna be these two going head-to-head because I agree the touchscreen interface is excellent. I think I, my my only thing... I really, really like the head rush. The head rush hasn't released a single new patch since it came out. Okay. Line 6 have released two updates in that time. One of which included twenty additional bass rigs for the Helix range. The Headrush has one bass rig. On it. Yeah, um, I know it's not their predominant market, but you know, don't you think it's good that Line Six realised, oh, we might as well cover this base because all we need is some digital things. Like it's not like they had to make a new product. But sure, they essentially released a new product for bass players by doing that.
1: Um, little tip with the Headrush: when you get to try one again, try assigning the a clean guitar amp to the um, Ampeg 810 model. It sounds absolutely incredible. Really? Yeah, a nice clean guitar amp through 810 sounds <laughs> fantastic. So yeah, I think, like you said, this is going to be a key part of Gear of the Year. These two going head techs, they are doing a very... or they, In the theory, they're aiming for a similar thing, but what I suspect Head Rush has actually done very well is make a very good... Studio and home workstation because it's something that you just because of the way it's laid out and the technology that's in it you want to sit down and you want to be messing with stuff all the time and moving stuff around in the chain and you know I was doing things like you can do you can mess with the stereo width of your amps so you can place the amps differently in the virtual room yeah. to get different effects like how wide the rigs are so you want it to be I the way I had it was I was sat on the sofa and I had it on a table in front of me and at no point did I ever think I really need to put this I I want to put this on the floor so I can use it what I wanted to do was put it on the table in front of me and play guitar and mess around with the rigs and set stuff up yeah I think you're right I think it's going potentially it's kind of hamstrung by the fact that it has to be a pedal if it was like a box that was just the screen and you just plugged in like a you know a desktop pod or something yeah I think actually it would be a fair amount kind of cheaper Mm -hmm. and also might be more effective at for a certain audience, mm. but the problem then is that it's a, it's one of those weird products where you're like, I don't know what this is. It well, kind of has to be a kind pedal. Of like
3: know? I, what I really liked about about the Headrush and and the Helix, but the Headrush just because that interface made everything so accessible. I- accessible. I was kind of like, um, this is like being in the perfect recording studio. I have every effect yeah, exactly. I can need. Yeah. I have every amp I can need and I can mess around with mic placement. I can mess around with the amp in the room. Like that's that's cool. It's it's so easy to use. That said, it it's 900 pounds. Do you know what else I have? I've got bias amp on on my laptop yeah. and I've got bias effects on my laptop and I can do all of those things with that software on my laptop. And sure. You were talking about like having, you know, putting that pedal on a coffee table, weren't it? That, that pedal's 900 quid. Bias bias amps is 150 quid. Bias effects is 100 yeah,
1: quid. Yeah, but at the same time, you've got to have a laptop that can handle it, and you've also got to have a sound card to do that. Yeah. You've got to know how to set that all up. I'm having problems at home at the moment where I've got some latency in the system somewhere <laughs> where if I try and record, my, I hear my guitar like a few milliseconds after I've actually strummed the strings. Right through the headphones or the speakers and it just makes it impossible to play guitar basically and I can't figure out what in the system is causing this latency issue. So it basically renders the whole system pointless. Um, Whereas the, you know, the head rush, I literally, it was so, it was really fun on Saturday morning. I had the house to myself and instead of thinking like, Right, if I want to play guitar now, I've got to go and try and struggle with this latency issue. I've got to open up a door of some sort. Then I've got to find a decent amp modeler and I've got to plug my sound card in. It was just a box I put straight on the table, plug my guitar in, plug some headphones in and within minutes I was dragging amps around, like changing cab combinations, trying, oh, what if I do this Fender, but I use a Marshall cab with four tens? What does that sound like? Oh, it didn't sound very good. Okay, I need to swap it out. Okay, what if I try it with this Ampeg 810 base cab? Sounds amazing, brilliant. I'll keep that on one side of the rig, and then I'll drag this other thing in. It's like really addictive and really yeah. easy to for, use. For exploring
3: and working out new things, I, I think it's an invaluable tool. Like, because, you know, the alternative is that that dining table full of effects yeah that
1: that I had which didn't look clean no and also you you know you didn't have an 810 in your room so you couldn't just plug that in easily exactly yeah so what'll be interesting is seeing how once now that I've done all these tests for me like I know what the Headrush can do now so it would be interesting to try a Helix LT which I think is going to be the competing product this year and see how easy it is to do those things and how good the results are swag Yeah, um, that's plenty of Gear of the Year stuff. We're Whew. well uh, into the podcast. Shall we dive into a big old barrel of news? news. news. That was Joe actually going through the head rush. We just put a little delay on it. Yeah, just, that's uh, great. Yeah, so, pro- after pro- after you, processing effects. Do you think? Do you think we should? Um, do you
3: think we should get like a a, a soundboard? so that I can, like, do, like, professional-sounding no. news ones.
1: I know, I love how you've listened to these podcasts, and the things that you've taken away from them are soundboards. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you remember the last time you listened to an, a decent podcast that had a soundboard?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, our podcast a couple of weeks ago when I was using the Rap Airhorn app. Okay, anyway, news. that's the
1: news. First up, um, brand new stuff from Gibson. Uh, they've announced the Custom Shop Mick Ralph's 1958 Les Paul.
3: Yeah, so uh, kind of just, just a, a bit of a brief overview on this. Uh, this is
2: cool. This is, this who's, is, Mi- who's Mick Ralph's? Uh, so he's. Uh, uh, Mott the Hoople. Yeah. There was original Mott the Hoople guitarist. There we go. Yeah. Sorry, were you trying to want him to struggle? I was, is that what it Yeah, was? No, no, I was just waiting to see how, if he'd okay. actually read the brief. No, it's bad company. It was Bad Company. He was in Bad Company after he was in Mott the Hoople. Oh, right. Oh, I think. Whatever. Joe, the Joe one name
1: around. a Mott the Hoople song. <sighs> I don't... Even know. No okay, idea here,
2: here's something for you about "What right. the Hoople. A couple of months ago, and I think I mentioned this on the podcast, a couple of months ago, I was sat watching something on the television and after that show finished, a Top of the Pops 2 special on Glam Rock started. Right. And I thought, this is going to be utterly dreadful. And... I don't think I actually knew what glam rock is because <laughs> all the songs. What did you think it was? Were absolutely fantastic. Every song that they played was a banger. Can you think d- of Mott the Hoople song? All the young dudes. Yeah, there we Obviously go. written by David Bowie. Yeah, given to them by David Bowie. Yeah, that's just cool. as they were about to break up. Um, Mott the Hoople were a great band. So after the um, after watching that documentary, I uh, downloaded off of Spotify, which I pay for. Um, the album The Hoople by Mott The Hoople which is their final record and you think they did that one first no so the, so I I, I looked it's at this it's the first one called they've got two Mott the second one no, The Hoople no 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 their first record is called Mott The Hoople right um, their penultimate record Is called Mott <laughs> okay. And the final record Is The <laughs> <Yes. Hoople. laughs> That's um, fantastic. And then there are Four records in between Including all the young dudes And that was Obviously I knew that song Because that song is Incredible Yeah Absolutely incredible But um, yeah The Hoople Wicked Really Really cool And like As well as that There was some There was some Roxy music Who are a band again Like I know Because I, I know Who they are Because of Brian Eno Because I love Brian Eno so good like it was just cool weird guitar music with Brian Eno stood in the corner with his weird haircut like fingering a box like I don't know what it was that he was doing but um I I tell you what there was some absolutely fantastic songs on there what did you think glam rock was I don't know really I think I think I thought it was like Kiss that's glam rock okay Kiss alright right Right, yeah I didn't I don't I don't think That was the only band you
1: assigned to glam rock. I guess
2: so. I I honestly don't know. I, I really don't know what I thought it was, but all the songs that were on this Top of the Pops 2 thing were so good. Yeah. So yeah glam rock give it a go guys it's this thing from the 70s that maybe you breaking maybe, news maybe it passed you
1: by cool indie uh, punk promoter Jay cross finally <laughs> discovers a new form of music glam rock well anyway whilst mick ralph was uh, producing
3: all the those mott the who the uh bangers uh, he, he was playing this uh, really cool I actually cool don't sunburst. think he was in the band no. at this point oh, okay. I, I think he was on
2: all the young dudes I'm uh, sure he was maybe.
3: well anyway he played a super cool 1958 Sunburst Les Paul, and this is this is Gibson showing off what they can really do at the high end of their custom shop. So they have taken uh, that that particular uh, Les Paul, which uh, he'd actually sold later to a private collector, and so the the private collector uh, was the chap who who um, lent it to Gibson so that they could recreate it. And this is one of those this is one of those vanity projects for for Gibson where they have. They've painstakingly recreated the guitar down to kind of the exact belt buckle rash. Uh, I mean, we all know that, what these are—the collector's
2: Ralph's choice got. things.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, not all I mean, listeners might know that. God, just labouring. Everyone, the, every <sighs> podcast is someone's first podcast. Jay, remember that. <laughs> so as the intro to this one, you know, uh, clearly showed. That's why we do the menu <laughs> now. We're professional. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I got you. So yeah. So it's just. Uh, so this is. There. It's. It's eight thousand pounds.
3: Um, so yeah so it's it's you know it's in the top end of their of their collector's choice but a, a great addition to a fantastic range of guitars nonetheless
1: I guess the I, I mean there's probably some rich mot the Hoople fans out there that will enjoy it but I, I think nonetheless I mean, it's a great guitar them, they? it's no. a great guitar in its own right Yeah, and that's kind of what I think is cool about Collector's Choice is that, you know, they could have just done, here's another Pete Townsend Les Paul, here's the Slash Les Paul, here's an Eric Clapton Les Paul. What they've done with Collector's Choice is gone, should we find some really good, like, burst Les Pauls around the world, find out the story behind them, and... Then, like, we'll just include that. But really, what you're getting is just a
2: real nice replica. Les Paul. Having said that, I'm not actually sure that this is a collector's choice. No, sure. But it, it
1: follows the same ethos, yeah, whether sure. it's a collector's choice or not. But th- that's what they've been doing is, mm. you know, they've been going to, like, some guy who bought this off, some other guy who bought it off, some guitarist who wasn't necessarily a famous guitarist, but he was in quite a cool band back in the day. Um, and then they've kind of. Told that story around around these guitars, but really it's just a
2: excuse to make a really good sort of relic Les Paul. Interestingly, Suffragette City was Bowie's first uh, offering to them and they turned it down. Really? They didn't like it. I like that song a lot. That song's fantastic. That's it's not favourite. quite as good as All the Young Dudes, I but think it's my favourite David Bowie song. Really? Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah, it's but, big. Um All the Young Dudes. You should listen to Mother Hoop. Yeah, They're really good. I will. Next week, if if you you can't tell me your favorite what the Hoopla chord progression, it it can't be all the young dudes. (laughs) Talking about young dudes and
1: (laughs) uh, people who are young and dudes. Joe Bonamassa has got a brand new Epiphone signature model. A a long line of Epiphone signature models. His sixth have led us here. I thought
2: it was his fifth. Is it sick? I think it's is sick. Good lord!
1: Um, this is the 1958 Amos Karina Flying V outfit. This week, I saw him say that this sounded better than any original 1958 yeah. Flying V. Um, <laughs> tell us about it. Um,
2: so <laughs> oh, I the press, so the press release makes a uh, makes a big point of pointing out that it's based on Joe's 1958 rare. Well, it's not rare. Just- r- it's rare. rare. It's price flying V with Karina body. His his 1958 Flying V. It's, is rare, priceless. it's rare. It's rare. Right. Okay. Rare. It's rare. Anyway, mm. um it's got PAF style pro buckers, which I think are Epiphone, not Gibson. Yeah. Um yeah, twinomatic bridge. It looks, hard case. It looks cool. It's, I isn't what it does just
1: it, a Karina Fly V? Yeah, no, it either. looks not. like a Karina Fly not. V.
2: It's not. So it's got um, the Fifty style gold hardware. So it's got that uh, triangular s- triangular bridge yeah. tail piece, which I don't think the Karina ones normally do. Yeah, isn't that what they have? Also, do they do? it's got this really really weird. Um oh, I dropped my mic. Sorry. <laughs> It's so shocked re- by how it's weird it It's got this really weird, like, the. if you look at the Epiphone logo, first of all, that looks a bit odd. I'm kind and, of into that And Epiphone secondly, it's not, it's not embossed. No. And it's not painted. It's kind of like it's been piped, like icing. It's just, it's, it's a
1: plastic thing. It's Isn't like it? an amp sticker. Yeah, logo. yeah, exactly. It is like an amp sticker. Amp. I think it's a badge.
2: Piping. Okay, yeah, it's a badge that looks like piped. Looks like ice I imagine icing. I imagine it's just plastic. It's probably just plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, this looks cool. I don't think it's as cool as his, some of his previous signature models. What's going on with the truss rod cover? Uh, Arth- it's, it's, Amos it's like a,
3: Arthur. Yeah, it's a gold truss rod cover that says the name of... Isn't it Amos Arthur, that was the, the shop that bought the original 58 that... Um, that it's based on. That it's based on. Oh, yeah, right, weird. exactly. I just really like it in the write up where they're like, Joe Bonamassa worked closely with the Epiphone. Yeah, I mean, surely there wasn't that much to the side, <laughs> yeah. was there? This is the most standard-looking Epiphone
1: Flying V I've ever seen. And he's, he's probably really got about... Works have
3: worked closely with him.
1: I mean, he's probably signed off on 10 other Signature Model products that week. You can't he have worked with them that closely. Care. He doesn't care. He's, he's loving
2: it. He'll do and say and sign off anything. i tell you what, actually. Um, they there. I've just Googled Amos Arthur, and there is a guitar player... Uh, from guitar player magazine there's an article from uh about 18 months ago that talk that is showing sort of d- detailing this story of uh of of joe bonamassa's oh, right. flying v and uh yeah this story begins in may of 1958 at arthur's music in indianapolis Amos Arthur, a proud Gibson and Fender dealer, takes delivery of a mysterious wedge-shaped Gibson guitar. Wow. So, actually, it does sound like there's a bit of a story, and it does sound like he is proud of this guitar. So, you know, it's quite cool that... I mean, he slagged it off in the thing I was reading earlier. He was saying the Epiphone 1 sounds better than any other 58 available. fair enough, yeah. (laughs) Why would
1: you... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Who
2: knows? Um. One final point on uh on this is that um it got pointed out to me to uh it got pointed out to me recently that Joe Bonamassa really looks like the vicar from Dad's Army. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, Frank, Frank Williams. That is a, look up. Uh, that is
3: a UK only thing. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Right. It is, yeah,
2: but just Google. Uh, just Google image search vicar Dad's Army. <laughs> Um he really looks like him.
1: He does that look is, quite a lot like him. Fantastic.
2: Um so uh, someone who is definitely
1: passionate about their guitars is Ola England. Talked about him a lot in the last few years with his association with Washburn, also he's obviously a prominent YouTuber. Um he made a big announcement literally as we were kind of um putting this podcast together. Tell us about it. Uh yes, so
3: uh Ola England has uh launched solar guitars, his own uh, guitar company oh, which so, is pretty so cool so it
1: seems the details are, are pretty there's not a huge amount out there no he's released
3: he's, there's a website and he's released a, a, a video announcement about it but um, obviously Odo England we've spoken about him before because he's he's had a series of Washburn signature models which were the Solar
1: yeah, they were Parallaxes. part of the parallax range, parallax range. But his but models his were called the solar. solar,
3: and there were a number of them. Initially, um, one he he had a a budget and sort of pro line um, guitar re- uh, release. One that was was very modern, and one sort that was super more super stratty. Yeah, super stratty. One that was the expensive one was like a bound, a flat sort of bound top. Yeah. One of them was was far far more modern. All in satin colours. Passive Seymour Duncan's. Um uh, uh what was the bridge? The Everton Bridge on the on the expensive models. And then later on he he had released a an explorer style and a, a Flying V style. Yep. Um, of course, when we say explorer and, and flying V, we mean more in line right. with the sort of the Jackson ESP yes. s- versions of those, yeah. the sort of modern uh cuts of those. But from the looks of it, these solars are those guitars. For all intents and purposes, the headstocks have stayed the same. The same models are available. The two different types of superstrat, the the Flying V and the and the Explorer style, um, only and the same logo. Ola England's logo is still on the on the twelfth fret. They look to be very very similar, if not the same, to the Washburns. Now, in the in the video announcement that uh, Ola put out, he'd stay, he'd said that. Um, he wanted to treat his guitars more like he did everything else in his uh, in his entrepreneurial business, which is sole ownership. So yeah. um, so uh, we don't know the full details yet, but it looks very much like Odo England has taken full control of his guitars, whether he's bought these from Washburn or whether he's he's yeah, more, just more, more in ownership of them as a subsidiary, I don't know yet. But they continue to look fantastic. We were massive fans of them when they came out. For the simple fact that it was... And lots more guitars like this have come out since. But at the time, it was like, man, this is great because it's a no-nonsense metal guitar. But more than that, it's a metal guitar that isn't just for metal. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was a great all-rounder. They were well-built. You you know, the the Evertune Bridge was a good idea. Passive pickups is a good idea. Everyone can use them. They were good passive pickups as well, like good quality Seymour Duncans. Like, a great sort of, you know, not-too-thin, not-too-thick neck everything about them was was totally cool the the satin finishes looked great like everything about them was really good it was just a great workhorse guitar and he said that as well in his video that he he wanted to make guitars that are suitable for for like touring musicians yeah. as well yeah. as people home recording and i think if you're home recording what you want is something that's going to be uh, like a, a blank template that you can add to and making something that's hard tail with passive pickups is exactly that. And and again, those are features that you're going to want from a rugged guitar that you can
1: do. I with. don't know if you mentioned it, but these have got Evertune Bridges on them as well, I think. That's
3: right, yeah, the high-end ones. So the, the lower end don't look like yeah, they yeah. do. There are some models that do not have them,
1: but... I'm very curious as to how this has played out. Whether, like you say, he's... Did he design the original guitars for Washburn and has somehow kept... The you know the IP like the the designs maybe he was leasing them to Washburn I mean this potentially is, you know, yeah this is I mean we, I, we we are we are completely completely speculative yeah. but I, what I'm saying
2: is I'm I'm you know, just curious as to how that how that works I don't know for sure but it does look like the solars have disappeared off the Washburn catalog
1: well yeah maybe maybe yeah he was designing the guitars and leasing that and his name to Washburn how or, long. How long ago did these come out? Two uh, years, three well, years? I'm still uh, working at mm-hmm. GAC, so maybe it's well, three well, years.
3: Not just that we we had Ola England come down to GAC to the store for yeah. an install. that was three Mark years ago when Mark and me were
2: still yeah working together.
1: It's got to be nearly three years ago, if yeah. not three years maybe ago. Maybe there was yeah. some sort of contract. Well, maybe we sh- yeah. can see if we can get them on the podcast. I yeah. Think yeah, that'd be good just to um, talk about how this came about and the kind of philosophy behind the guitars and stuff. Yeah, God, that
2: um, looks good, did not it? But anyway, they they do all PXL. look
3: um, they do all look absolutely cracking. The the solo guitars. I'm not a massive fan of the the logo, to be honest. No. A little either. bit. It's a bit industrial. It's yeah. a bit angley. but you know, it's uh, it, nonetheless cool range of guitars. I'm I'm excited for you know, for another range of like good artists. But, oh, that's the other thing that we should speak about that, that we didn't mention. Not only that, but because Ola England is such a cool dude he's got a whole community section on his site and he speaks about this in his video he doesn't want this to be a signature range of guitars like made just for him that everyone's supposed to just you know deal with he's like no he wants to make guitars for everyone so he's got a community element of of the website where he wants to take suggestions and input from people so he can build the best guitars for everyone i just think that's that's such a touch. We was thought when when we met him when he did that in store he was so open and honest about yeah. what he did how he did it the sort of advice and tips at, at the time which he he wasn't as big as he is now but at the time he was saying he still tries to respond to every like Facebook message he gets. Yeah, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Yeah, and it's like he you know that that's cool that he was he was so open with everything he did and I think he's bringing that across in his guitars.
1: Yeah, I um I think part of that is because he, you know he hasn't particularly come from the background of being a known artist you know he the way that he tells his story is you know he was the guy in Swede- sweden yeah stockholm in stockholm who knew about guitars knew how to make videos for youtube and had a car and that's what basically meant that he was the guy who became the famous guy because he would drive around collecting amps off his mates and guitars off his mates go home record the videos about it uh and then <laughs> <laughs> i just
2: You've made it sound like the real differentiator there is the fact that he had but a that's car. What, car. I realized. Like, I realized. Like, I realized, no, I realized that's, that you—that's you literally what he said. He said, "Well, it's so th- not the fact that he could make videos and stuff."
1: Well, no, but he said that the three, all those things combined, kind of played equal importance. You know, right. he was a good guitar. <laughs> he was a good guitar player, <laughs> and he, he had did, a a car. He also, he, had he, a, he, he had a he had a four K
3: camera setup before most people had four K camera setups. Right. I think that was a big part. He of
1: it. did literally say that the different, differentiator was. I was the one who was driving around collecting this stuff. Right. And any of these other guys who I borrowed the stuff from could have done this. I just did it because I had the the idea to do it and I had the necessary tools right, okay. to do it. One of those being a car to go and collect the stuff. Um, and he's come from that background rather than like, I'm going to be in this mega famous band and that's what I want to do and I'll do yeah. this other thing on the side. He was just kind of like, oh, I play a big guitar and I like making videos and stuff. So I think he's kind of, you know he seems like a humble guy yeah um, and well I mean good luck to him if this is a solo venture then you know fantastic this is going to be great like listeners if you haven't checked
3: out sort of like if you've not seen the old parallaxes or um, I mean I don't know what prices is going to be on the solo, but certainly the parallaxes themselves were like super affordable yeah like 500 quid for sort well, that's- of the standard line and like for everything you got uh, I keep getting flack for it, like saying stuff is super affordable when it's yeah, like a thousand pounds. It's twelve thousand pounds, super affordable. <laughs> but um, but uh, but these were for everything you got on these guitars. I, I think they were absolutely bang for your buck. L maximumus on, on well, the um, uh, yes. You suddenly forgot the... how to speak. <laughs> Yes, I did on the washmen. So I imagine these sellouts are going to be the same.
1: I um, one other thing to mention, and Joe, you're probably not going to like this, but it seems he's bypassing shops on this. You buy direct from. Yeah, that's him. right. He did announce that as well. So prices are actually on the site. I think they range from kind of six nine nine euros up, something like that. I'm sure I saw something about that price. And then the the top one I think is like
2: twelve nine nine euros, maybe a bit more. But uh, my problem with that, and I realise that it's it's very easy. I mean, you know. Mark and I have both worked for distributors before and it's, without wanting to get too much into the sort of, the inner workings of how... Let's get get into the weeds. How a distribution agreement works. I just hope that, that he has planned for the future because you see it so often and, and when Mark and I were working together, quite often you would, brands would come to us and say, you know, a brand from the US for example would say, right, we really want distribution within... Uh, within the within europe and um th- this is how much money we want to make out of it. this is how much money you can make out of it and it, you you can 't go from selling direct to then selling through a distributor and expect to make the same amount of money so I just hope that he 's planned for the future yeah, yeah yeah, and if he sees this being a a big Long term thing, it's so difficult to go it alone by uh, yourself uh, for the for for, for, with this sort of model. That's my only concern, yeah. I mean, the the
1: key to that is you know, it's fantastic to own the brand, go and oversee the guitars at the factory being made, and then go, Right, how much can I buy that from you guys at the factory? Brilliant. That means that after I've made a few quid, yeah, people can get it for this money, and then. Obviously, that means that there's no money left for distributors and then shops. So, um, yeah, if he is doing that model, where it's you know the guitars are affordable because he's cutting out the middleman, that does mean it's difficult to grow. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's
2: that's my that's my my only concern unfortunately
1: you still have to deal with people like Joe Branton um, what exactly uh, no you obviously if you want your brand to grow you would still need to deal with shops people need to be able to come and try the products um, but also it gives you a wider coverage and a bit of a social boost uh, and marketing boost from being in shops as well exactly so, which you, you you might struggle to do just on your own um, with that chaps we are up an hour so this is uh, we're coming towards the end of the uh, of the podcast oh but we do have some exciting stuff planned for this week's Patreon episode. We had a question from John who said, idea for a Patreon, a breakdown of Fender and Marshall amps still get confused between all the models, black and Silverface, for example yeah. so, um, so what it, we have to say about that is if you just go to fender.com and you, uh, yeah. you, you just, just look at the list <laughs> and then marshallamps.com um, and it's all there No, we see you we, next week uh, no we're going to run down um, the amps our kind of thoughts on what's currently available um, talk about some of the history of those amps and yeah just a bit more detail on those and if you want to hear that patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where from as little as $1 a month you can support the guitar nerds podcast $1 gets you the regular episode ad free and early. $5 gets you an extra half an hour of content every single week, as well as access to the mini series Branton's Ranton, which we are actually recording this week. Some more episodes this week. This so week. the new Ranton episode's coming soon. Plus, also Matt's tour, tour diary, uh Matt in Japan, uh, is there pretty much every week. He missed a week. Not last week, but the week before. But there is one going up this week as well. Um, and at the ten dollars price point, you become one of our executive backers, and you get your name read out on the main episode, just like this.
3: Well, wait, wait, you've got to explain the, the new rules. Oh, well. you
1: have to do it in one breath. Yeah, uh, and you have to do it in a way that's kind of uh, audible. You've really uh, undercooked it. the last yeah I feel you've not been putting enough effort. It's okay. fantastic effort to do it in one breath. But people's individual names, okay. I think. But have also, suffered. you're
2: blitzing through it, and you've got right, loads okay.
1: of time afterwards. Okay, yeah, right, yeah. Fine. Use all of that. Well, but I have
3: to blitz through it because otherwise, this podcast be twice the length. All right, I'm going. Right. So- Derek Fitz and Matt Cliff Matt Davis, so Aaron Sherman Blake Weil Jack Gray Jack Graven, Christopher and Lorseth Ryan, Ryan Correa, Scott Kennedy Robin Smith, Robin Nordwick Rob Grant, Derek Rich, Chris Connors Andy Joyce, Thomas Manchester Steve Martel, Barthoms, Mark Ross, Brad Page, Teddy Short Andy McKenzie, Laurie Ansters Ted Godfoy, Paul Corrigan Matt Quinn, Riddle Clay Scott O'Brien, Riddle Thompson, and Mulgar and Colin Anderson
1: did you
3: take a
2: breath? Hey
1: now, you're a rockstar.
3: I, d- I think I did a tiny one.
1: You did take you a breath. You did break. a tiny little breath. Oh, you also said Robin Nordvik instead of Rob. That's how I roll. Start again. You did it in two breaths. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, if you want to join in the conversation, if you want to chat to the a lot of our Patreon backers, but also us, you can go to the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash Guitar Nerds forum. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at Guitar Nerds, Instagram at Guitar Nerds, and you can go to youtube.com forward slash Guitar Nerds videos for the weird stuff that Matt and Joe do and the list videos that I do. You just uh, went up on Friday. The uh, top five coolest Beatles guitars, which I think we talked about on the pod last week. That video is now up there. Working on a Christmas gift guide now. Video that should be up in the next week or so. Have you taken much flack
2: for the Beatles? No, guitar people video, loving ain't...
1: it. People absolutely loving it. Nobody saying, "Yeah, actually, I thought the BC Rich was the best." I loved it when Paul played the BC Rich. None of that. No, none of that. Okay. No, actually, a lot of people went. Why did you not mention the Rosewood Telecaster or the Epiphone Casino? You mean you, L- you, you mentioned it at the start? Of the of the video. first <laughs> sentence of the video <laughs> has uh, the Rosewood Telecaster and the Casino in it. So there we go. Um, yeah, do go and watch that. Cause it's a fun video. Um, thanks very much for joining us this week. Uh, more fun next week. Uh, I don't. Is Matty back next week? Who? Exactly. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Well.